heard some fantastic words over the last few weeks on the Holy Spirit and I, I thought, which laneway do I go down, Lord, to speak on? And there's many things. We haven't touched the surface of the Holy Spirit. We could go all year on the Holy Spirit and let's hope we do in a way. Um, being filled with the Spirit actually means to be used by God with power and gifts and to demonstrate the fruit of Christ. So it's a combined arrangement. So let me say here again, the Holy Spirit is involved in our power and our sanctification. He empowers us and presents us holy to the Lord. Both of these purposes are equally important. And there's two sides to one thing. You cannot have one without the other. Power is essential and the fruit of the Spirit is essential. So the church over, over the years, like I think from the late 70s across the 80s and early 90s, we emphasised the fruit of the Spirit and living a godly life because we were in reaction to when the revival was and there was power and gifts and it went a little bit amuck there. So we went into reaction. But you know what? I believe this is the day when we will operate in the power and have the fruit of the Spirit. The day of reaction is over. We essentially, we desperately need to demonstrate the power of God in our lives and praying for others and seeing what God can do in our community but we also need to actually act like Christ. So, it's a well-known fact that Pentecostal churches in America and Australia quenched the spirit because of the extremes. We wanted to become conservative and to fit in because of previous excesses. But there was Rick Warren, who many of us have heard about, who was an excellent evangelical teacher who has preached in many Pentecostal churches, he, I read an article where it talked about him saying in many of the Pentecostal churches that he preaches in, this what you've been given is from God, but why on earth don't you teach on how to use it properly? Why on earth, instead of quenching it and, and overreacting, why don't you teach people how to do the gifts properly? and the attitude to do it in, the wisdom that's required. Look, Paul had to do it to the Corinthians. Are we better? He had to do it to the Corinthians to do some correction. But you know what I love about Paul? When he wrote 1 Corinthians 12, you get the gifts, you know. Then in 14, you get the gifts. But in the middle is the love chapter. It's kind of like a love sandwich. It, he never divided the gifts and the power from the fruit of the Spirit. It was only us. So I challenge you today. But what I want to talk to you about is a spiritual mind. Are you in your right mind this morning? What have you been thinking about? Romans 8.6 says, To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you're lacking joy or peace this morning, what have you been thinking about? What's been on your mind? Isaiah 26 says, He will keep you in perfect peace, whose minds are stayed on him and trust in him. 
Not miserable peace, but perfect peace. 1 Corinthians 2.12, it says, We have received the Spirit of God so we can understand what he's freely given us. We, he has given us the riches of heaven. He explains to us, reveals to us the riches of the, the, the wonderful things that God has given to us. This is the job of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God elevates our thinking to the heavenly realm. The Holy Spirit reveals to us what God has given us in his Son. This is what is occupying our minds. From Ephesians 5.18, we learn that part of our being spirit-filled is that we have a ministry to ourselves by guarding our minds. It's a very favoured scripture. We've heard it. I've heard it for 50 years, but it still challenges me. Be not drunk with excessive wine. Yes, I've got to give up that wine. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. So there's a ministry to yourself here. You have to minister to yourself the right mind. What have you been dwelling on lately? Just this week. What have you been thinking about? I had the joy of going to a conference a couple of months ago at Kingdom Culture Church and there was a guy there who was preaching and had some very profound prophetic words. And he had them for people that I knew and they powerfully resonated in my spirit that they were true. And one was on the good jet. And it was a beauty. It was excellent. I shrieked. I thought, yes, 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 as he was saying it. He had one for me as well, and it was encouraging. But the following night, I'm in the conference, and Rob Porter came up to me, and he said, Gwen, last night when you were getting the prophetic word, he said, I had a word of knowledge for you. And he said, I've got what the Lord wanted to say to you as a result. He said, for the two weeks before this conference, You had a certain set of thoughts, and he gave me all those thoughts, told me all those thoughts, and he said, God wants you to chuck that and to look to him because he is your comforter and he will bring you through. So you know what the the mind of the... What I love is the fact that the gifts of the Spirit helped us to get the mind of the Spirit, to chuck out the old rubbish stuff. And, you know, you can go along in gloom and don't even be aware you're in it, except all the people around you. They'll have a fair idea. So, minister to yourself the right mind. And I'm, forgive me here, I'm going to actually give a little bit more personal testimony, but I think testimony is powerful. And as you know, uh, about, I don't know how many weeks it is now, six weeks ago, I took a low dive on the stairs and broke my back. And, but before that had happened, for days before, I had this intense hunger to read Psalm 23. And it was like I would sit down and I would chew over it and chew over it and it made a burning come in my heart. And I thought, wow, you know, and I'm meditating on the fact that these sheep are lying in the paddock, eating the munchies that the Lord, the shepherd had provided for them. It was rich. It was nutritious. It was everything they needed. Then all of a sudden in the next verse, 
They're in the valley of the shadow. And so I'd been chewing over this for days. And here I was suddenly, and I felt I was one of them sheep. And then all of a sudden I was on the floor crying out in pain. And then I had to wait two hours. The ambos came. I had to wait another couple of hours before anyone saw me in Redcliffe. And then I'm lying there on the bed in shock. And all of a sudden a figure appeared on the left side of me and it was one of the chaplains that I had worked with 26 years ago. She was another uh, charge nurse of a ward then when I was as well. We didn't know each other that well, but she's now a chaplain and she's standing beside me. And I looked up at her and she said, Gwen, 26 years ago, you opened a door for my husband. I can't remember it. I have no recollection of what she's talking about. And then she said, but tonight I'm here to open a door for you. And she laid her hands on me and the heaven came down on me while I was lying on that bed. I tell you what, I cried. Suddenly, the shepherd was right beside me and he had his arms around about me and I'm there and I thought, Lord, this is, this is so rich. I was so touched. Then I went to the ward and I had intense, intense pain for eight days and they gave me medication to get rid of the pain but it made me vomit. So I had pain and vomit, pain and vomit and... But the funniest thing that happened to me was that I a few times tried to roll over onto my side so I could let my thoughts drop. You know, I've had this. I just felt like a complete flop. You know, what's happening? But when I rolled over onto my pillow, I couldn't. My thoughts kept going up to the shepherd. My thoughts kept chewing on the grass in the field. My thoughts, I got two sermons. I got a word for the church. I got all sorts of stuff over those eight days. I could not get miserable. I was in pain, yes, but I couldn't get miserable. And you know what? I believe it was the prayers of this church. I feel like I was upheld by the prayers of the brethren, how we need each other in those times. And so um, I had the operation and, yes, pain was stopped straight away and they sent me home on the same day. Well, that sounds fantastic. Wouldn't you think I'd understand everything about the renewed mind then? But no. (laughs) I came home and about three weeks later, and because I couldn't do what I normally did and visit and do stuff, I'm at home and the, the little gloom starts to come. The little gloomy hovers... And then one day it was just overwhelming and I sat on my chair and I said, God, I've had it. I'm sick of everything and I really want to go home. And (laughs) not very resilient, am I? But, um, But anyway, I said that I got into bed that night. I said, Lord, I've completely collapsed and I'll talk to you in the morning. So in the morning, I went down the hallway and sat in my prayer room. And the only thing I know to do when you're that bad is to repent. (laughs) So I said, God, I'm so sorry. I've dropped the ball. I'm really, um, I'm just disgusting. I'm unbelieving. I'm negative and everything else. And I did feel a little lightning at that point. But I looked across at my library and there's a book there written by Norman Vincent Peale. Before you get worried, I love his book. And so on the power of positive thinking. And I thought, 
So I went and got the book, opened it up like that, and down the side was a list of what to do when you're in the miseries. <laughs> and the second thing was to... The first thing was to repent, which I'd already done. And the second thing <laughs> makes me laugh when I think about it, was to shout who I was in God. So I started it. You are the king, Lord. You are the head of principalities and powers. My God shall leap over walls with me. He will teach me. He will, and all, everything I could think of. Well, after, I almost wanted to sing it. So I started to, you are powerful in my room and everything. And all of us, this, I had an intense heaviness. I can't tell you. The heaviness I'd felt suddenly disappeared. It was like a weight, a, a terrible weight that I didn't want to cope with. And it suddenly disappeared. And then I looked around at my room. I thought, boy, that looks good. <laughs> and I realised I was on another planet. So I thought, I'll go down and have a drink. So I went down the stairs. And on, as I was going down the stairs, this song came up. Oh, glory to the Lord. You know, and I couldn't, it just came out. I didn't decide to sing. It was like the Holy Spirit finally had air. <laughs> and so I got down there and I realised, oh, I said, God, how we have to guard our minds. How we have to guard. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think you're miserable, yeah, well, you're miserable. 1 Peter 1.13 says, gird up the loins of your mind. Again, minister to yourself. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. My focus went down. It all seemed too hard. And I looked at my circumstances and started seeing the negative aspects of my experience. My thoughts weighed me. Feel, all the feelings went down and the enemy was ready. Let me tell you, he loves your vulnerable moments. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but principalities and powers. And he's very involved and connected to what's going on in our head. He does plant seeds if we're dumb enough to let them be planted in there. And he can make your life hell. The armour of God is provided as protection from evil forces. And you know where it says the sword, which is the word of God? That apparently properly translated is the spoken word of God. So, if you're hopeless and you're in a misery place, repent and speak to yourself. And state the supernatural truths of the reality, the heavenly reality State that rather than this physical world and the miseries that you've allowed in your brain. I know we all know the story of David. He's a great example of look, ministering to yourself when you're in misery. He lost his wives, his children, the animals, everything, and, but he went and encouraged himself in the Lord. He knew how to turn that thing around, was to get the right mind. But there's another time with David, which I have been rather inspired with. It was when Absalom, one of his sons, took, took, usurped the throne and Israel was in disarray. It was absolutely confusing. But whilst it was in disarray and confusing outside, in David's brain it was a pit. It was worse. And then he wrote Psalm 34. 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Come on now, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. And so I feel sometimes to just shout the victory. The neighbours might think you're odd, but that's all right. Shout the victory. Remember in Numbers 21, 16, God was leading his people to water and the people sang into the wells. Spring up, O well, within my soul. Get, the, get it happening and don't lie down and be overcome. Do you know, I think every decade of life we have all different sorts of challenges to face. And sometimes when you get on a bit, there are issues with health. And these things sometimes can weigh so heavily on our mind that we succumb to a, a dark thinking without keeping our eyes on what God has revealed to us by the Spirit, the future, which is ever-glorious. We can so know the word of God in our heads, but not in our experience. James said to us, and I love this scripture, better that you are a doer of the word than a hearer. And you know, when you've been a Pentecostal for a long time, you get certain scriptures are so, so, so familiar. And sometimes it's to our detriment that we ignore. Familiarity breeds contempt. Sometimes we should get those things that we know well and just do them. It would bring a massive breakthrough to our life. Um, also, too, there was another scripture I read in one of the Psalms where it says, David says, my head was lifted up above my enemies. In other words, his mind became spiritual again. That's where we live in that realm, not down here in defeat. So we so need a healthy supply of the word of God to draw on, to quote, to sing, to shout aloud, to clear the airways with. There are times to saturate and soak in the word of the Lord. That's why the sheep are in the paddock, gnawing and chewing on nourishment. The shepherd leads us into green pastures where we are nourished and fed on the best quality food. And therefore, we're ready to face the challenge that comes. Let me tell you, the challenge will come. There are testings, there are trials, it's part of life. But how much better is it when we've gone through it, when we've got a, a mind renewed already, than having to grapple and fight um, in Philippians 4.8, Paul writes, finally as a parting thought to the Philippians, whatever is true. Have a think sometimes through the week when you're driving to work. Is what I'm thinking true? Is it noble? Is that the fact that I'm thinking about Bill Bloggs who gives me the pip, is that noble? Whatever is pure whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on that. The Holy Spirit's always available for us to start thinking new and fresh thoughts. He's our guide and will lead us into all truth. Romans 12.2 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your transformation comes as your mind is renewed. You don't suddenly turn into a butte Christian with a mind that's full of rubbish. That's where transformation of us and transformation of our community comes from. 
It's what's on your mind. I believe with all my heart that Kabulcha needs you to have a right mind. To see God's possibilities despite the darkness of, of Kabulcha. Your family needs you to have a right mind. Your friends need you to be edified and thinking God thoughts. Your workmates need to see what a blessed Christian looks like. They need to see that somebody has got another world that they're in and they love it and they're transformed. Kabulcha is desperate to see people living with mindsets full of hope and not despair. Don't fail them, don't fail yourself and don't fail them out there. Um, I, in my work as a chaplain last week, I went to a man on one of the wards and I think he was a backslider. He did not want me to talk about God. But he was a man that I could see was so oppressed. He'd been given a, a serious diagnosis and tears ran down his face and he looked at me and he said, I so need hope. I need hope. I need hope. He said, I see a grey cloud, a ghost-like thing hovering over me. And so I thought, this guy doesn't want to talk about God. But So I bit the bullet and said, do you mind if I pray for you? And he said, no, that's all right. I thought, thank you, God. So, <laughs> so of course, guess what I prayed? To break the yoke, for him to reacquaint himself with the living God and to be dismissed all that darkness and for joy to come back in his heart, you know. So, of course, you pray that, of course. <laughs> but... Joy, you know, they need to see us with joy. You know, when you think the right things, you get this bubbling of joy. And they need to see you really liking life, really enjoying the opportunities. Look, when we've got a mind that's spiritual, life is full of opportunities and possibilities in God. It's when you start thinking, looking very narrow, that you need to go back to your Bible. When it looks no time of your life, no matter how old you are, are there no possibilities in God. So I suggest if you find yourself with that kind of a thinking and overwhelmed by it, that you ask God for frequent infillings and you read your word. Another helper, of course, is to pray in tongues. I have found praying in tongues enormously helpful when you're dismissing spiritual darkness and powers. And sometimes I've found that helped me even keep my mind in the right place. My spirit gets stronger and so then if I want to sit down and watch the news and my spirit has been edified, so the last thing the Holy Ghost really wants to watch is the news. So I'll get up and do something else. Um, look, we're in dark times. We're in an interesting day. But I believe we are the lights of the world. And that light has to be in our mind first. And we become transformed and we are then able to transform our local community. Enough Christians who are on fire and with the right thinking in their heads and with faith in their hearts could impact Kabulcha profoundly, profoundly. Look, God didn't send his son to be broken on the cross and to wear a crown of thorns and to be beaten and whipped and to be nailed to a cross so you could be miserable. He did all of that. We need to take hold of our freedom. 
Aren't we? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on now. Shake off all that up rubbish and get a bit of freedom. Go out there and tell the Lord you're really interested in his freedom at last. Let's not just sit down and wait for everything to happen. I've done that before, so, so, so I know all about that one. So um, I think freedom, we need to announce freedom to Kabulcha. That's why I'm, I was so blessed on Friday night when they, um, the youth and the young adults got together and they ministered to these young people. And I was so blessed that the, the gifts of the Spirit operated and the Word was amazingly helpful to help transform these young people's minds. And I realised the gifts that even operated on the Friday night were helping those young people catch a glimpse of the heart of God. And I was so impressed and blessed. Um, and I, there was something else I was going to say there and I've forgotten it. That's there. Oh, yes. I have a real joy in Tracy because she's the Jesus person in the school. And I love to pray behind that because I hear about how drastic certain things are in certain situations in the school. Um, but I believe you on fire and say men and some women who go into the school perhaps to uh, help change the minds of some of those children is part of what God has called us to do. Thank you, Ben. Over to you. <laughs>